You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's News podcast for Friday, April 22nd. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and with the uh, NFL draft less than a week away, thought we would uh, spend some time today talking about prospects from the Alabama Crimson Tide, where uh, there are close to a dozen uh, players who had combine invi- invites and, and might hear their names called. Uh, in the draft next week, a couple of those guys might uh, might land with your New York Giants. And uh, here to help me uh, talk about some of those guys is Brent Taylor of SB Nation's Roll Bama Roll. Brent, thank you uh, very, very much for uh, spending a little time. Hey, Ed, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I look forward to this one every year. You're, you're pretty consistent. I hop around with some different NFL guys for this. And you're, you're one that comes has me on just about every year for what, three or four years now? I think it's uh, three, four years running and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where Alabama guys are, are always at the forefront, uh, of, of the draft discussion. And, and, and this year is, uh, is no different. Just, uh, your guess before we get into talking about individual guys, uh, 10, 11 guys this year, you think they'll hear their names called during the draft. Uh, it, it may actually be a little less this year. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It'll probably be less than 10 this year. I think, um, Alabama did have a big, big departure after the, uh, 2020 season. So th- this year it was actually a fairly young team and, uh, what, you know, I say that kind of tongue in cheek of o- only 10 or so guys going into the NFL draft, but it, it, I do think it'll be a little less this year than we've seen in uh, previous years. I, I hate to say it, Brent, but but you're not Georgia this year. You're not Georgia. <laughs> we, we were no Georgia this year. That is for sure. <laughs> oh, I think Georgia's got about 14, which is crazy. Oh, man, their whole defense. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Hey, let's talk about uh, about some of the guys that that the Giants could be interested in. And of course, if we're going to do that, we start right at the top. We start with uh, with offensive tackle Evan Neal. And from a Giants perspective, I can make an argument for Neal. I can make an argument for Iki Aquanu. I can make an argument for Charles Cross based on the, on the pass protection. Um for you, you know, having watched Evan Neal, you know, a, as much as you have over the past couple of years, I want you to make the argument 
as to why if the Giants pick an offensive tackle at five, why it should be Neil. Or if you think so it's, I, or if you think it's, or if you think it should be one of the other guys, I'd be interested to hear why. I, I, they're all three uh, great offensive tackles. I really like all three. And I, I think with each one, you're getting a very different package. Uh, and I'll hit Aquanu. My favorite thing about him is just the attitude he plays with. And, it, you know, that's a very, uh, color analyst kind of thing to talk about but if you're looking for a mentality kind of guy i've aquanu's the guy um with cross you're looking for a pure pure pass blocker and that's you know if you're not looking to ever really run the ball I, hey charles cross might be the best one you can get but evan neal is he's a he's an interesting one um a year ago i would have said hey evan neal is going to be a number one overall pick. And he, you know, his first two years at Alabama, he started at guard and was great. Uh, did really, really well as a guard, true freshman. Uh, but he always looked kind of funny. Like a six, seven guard just looks kind of funny. Um, mm -hmm. Once they moved him out to right tackle, I thought he was the best offensive lineman in the country. He, he was amazing as a sophomore. Uh, they ended up giving a, the Outland Trophy to left tackle Alex Leatherwood. And I, I said the whole year, I was like, hey, they gave it to the wrong tackle on this team. Uh, Le Leatherwood ended up going, what, 15 overall to the Raiders last year? 15, 16, way too early. Yeah, somewhere in there. I, I didn't think Leatherwood was going to be a first-round pick. I, I really didn't. But anyway... Uh, Evan Neal is he's huge. I mean, you're talking six, seven, he's down to like three, four, three thirty, three forty range these days. Uh, he came out of high school, actually closer to three sixty. And even at the time, you, you know, you see the recruiting things like six, seven, three sixty. this guy's mask. Like, oh, he's going to be a weight problem. And then you'd see a picture and you're like, Oh no, this dude looks like a tight end out there at 360 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that, that's just kind of who, what, what to keep in mind with Neil, when you see size, you think, oh, big uh, run blocker, road grader, the, all the tropes with that. And that's not him. Um, Neil, Neil's much more, uh, he's not the big angry player uh, that you kind of think just based on size. He, he's more faster, smoother, athletic. Uh, he had a couple of years ago, this video made rounds through the internet of him doing box jumps at, uh, I mean, it's like a five foot jumping between boxes and doing a split. It was just nuts. Uh, so the, the thing with Neil is he doesn't quite have, uh, the, the aggressive mentality that a lot of coaches really, really look for in linemen. Uh, I'm a... I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, and they used to have an offensive line coach named Tom Cable, who was a Raiders head coach before that. And he always, he had his flaws, definitely. <laughs> but he, he'd always talk about, he wanted linemen that were not pin cushions. And, the, you know, for him, a pin cushion lineman was a guy that took on the rushers. He wanted someone that brought the attack back to the defense. Neil is not that. He is much more of a patient blocker, drop with guys, uh, mirroring is great. More of a technician? 
yeah, more of a technician despite his size. He's got crazy good athleticism. Uh, so if that's, and I heard a podcast from somewhere earlier, maybe a week or two ago, that said Evan Neal is kind of like that old grandpa that's a trucker that you go <laughs> to shake his hand. And once you do, like you're just stuck in that grip and there's absolutely nothing you can do or ever will be able to do. You are in his grip. And I, I thought that was apt. Uh, so with Neil one-on-one, he's as good as you'll find either run blocking or pass blocking. Uh, what, once you're wanting him to start getting down the field and making crazy downfield blocks on folks that it, you know, you may not get that. But uh, you, what you're not going to get is the real you, you don't get the 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 icky Aquanu sort of mauler highlights with Neil also is what you're saying. No, no, you aren't. And he he's had occasional struggles in short yardage, uh, just at six, seven. You, it, he just struggles to get down that low and really win the leverage battles. But but would um, you uh, I, I'm curious. You've seen him play guard. You've seen him play left tackle. You've seen him play right tackle on the face of it with Andrew Thomas already in New York. It would seem like right tackle would be the place that the giants would be looking to fill. Would you look at Evan Neal and say that is actually his best spot or at least where you've seen him play the best? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd consider his play pretty equal from left tackle to right tackle, and he had a, a step down to guard. But, yeah, if right tackle's open, absolutely. I think his best year was at right tackle, but he had a much better rest of the offensive line. Do you do you look at him? I mean, I know that uh, you know one of the big-name offensive linemen that, that came out of Alabama that really hasn't, sort of lived up to what people thought he might be as Cam Robinson. Do you look at Neil and, and do you question how good of a pro he's going to be? Or do you look at him and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this guy is going to be, you know, a really good player for the next seven, eight, 10 years. I, I'm pretty positive with Neil. Uh, I'd, I'd put him more, uh, more in the range of someone like Jonah Williams. Uh, Jonah was probably a little more aggressive and better run blocker, probably a little worse of a pass blocker. Uh, but I, I think Neil's a pretty sure bet. So let's, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, you know, the giants are not going to, or let's put it another way. I would be really, really surprised if they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. But I'm just curious, you know, coming off the knee injury, where do you think Jamison Williamson or Jamison Williams falls in this draft? I he'll go high. Uh, speed speed gets you drafted, man. I, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't yep. matter if mm -hmm. you if you're that fast, you get drafted high. It's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I I just wonder. I mean, I don't think he's a Giants target in the top 10. I wonder if somebody would actually move up and, you know, move up and try to get him. But, uh, you know, cause, cause the giants are looking for dance partners in the top 10. So I, I wonder if somebody would come up and do that. It, it's possible. I, I wouldn't draft Jameson in the top 10. Uh, but you know, 
the ghost of Al Davis always exists somewhere. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, well, we're kind of, I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit, but since we talked uh, wide receiver, I want to ask you about John Mechie. Um, and I have to be honest, when I, when I watch Mechie, there's nothing about Mechie that excites me, to be honest with you. I mean, I see, you know, I see him make some plays, but there's just nothing that excites me. And, and, I, and I see him, you know, mocked sometimes in the third round to teams, the fourth round to teams. I see him given to the Giants on occasion. And, and I just can't get excited when I see, or when I see John Mechie connected to the Giants. Um, am I, am I undervaluing this kid or, or am I on target with, with, uh, with Mechie? I think uh, Mechie is probably a good number four type receiver in the league. I, I think it's kind of where he slots in as particularly someone that works well with scrambling quarterbacks and finding a way to just kind of slip and get open after, you know, after a little while, make sure catch, maybe slip around a tackle or so. But yeah, I, I mean, he's a good balanced college receiver that I think is going to be a limited pro. That's that's kind of what I see. I just don't see anything. Like I said, I don't see anything with Mechie that excites me. I I I kind of think there's there's a lot of guys like him floating around in the league who can have a career, but but won't be exceptional. Yeah, I, I agree. He's one of those one of those guys that uh, I, I wouldn't really say he had a major weakness in any area, but. Mm -hmm. You know, you throw him the ball, he's not going to drop it. He's not going to screw up a game if you throw it to him with everything on the line. But he's not going to really make major plays either, I don't think. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, one of the areas that the Giants could use some depth in, could use some help in, is the defensive line. And the Giants, you know, under Wink Martindale, they'll be a base 3-4, but I think we know that in the NFL and, and shoot even at the highest levels of college these days, 
the the base defense doesn't matter that much. I think Wink Martindale said you're actually in your base defense about 13 to 15% of, of snaps. But either way, the Giants could use defensive line help. They could, in particular, use a nose tackle so that they don't have to play Dexter Lawrence there. You know, a high number of snaps. They can move Dexter around the line a little bit. So with all of that, with all of that preamble, um, your thoughts on Federian Mathis on whether he can be a successful, you know, NFL nose in a three, four, you know, type of base setting and where you would value him in the draft. Maybe, you know, day two, is he a second round guy? Is he a third round guy? Um, Just some overall thoughts on, on Mathis. I think if you can get Fidarian Mathis anywhere higher, or I guess if you get him anywhere lower than the second round, it is the steal of the draft. I, I think he's one of the, the most undervalued prospects out of Alabama this year, uh, just in general media consensus and how he's talked about. Uh, Mathis is a guy that three years ago in the national championship where Alabama just got blasted by Clemson, uh, he was a backup guy that we hadn't really seen. He was redshirted, never really saw him, and he got forced into action against Clemson that year. And nobody, you know, nobody really paid attention because Clemson was just whooping Alabama, and everybody in the nation loved it. But uh, watching Mathis, he got forced into action and was making tackle after tackle, chasing you know, Clemson receivers and backs way down the field by the sideline as a 320 pound guy. And we all kind of got excited about him. And then he just couldn't quite break the rotation for another year or two. And then the, the last year and a half, it was like everything clicked for him. And a lot of that, he, he always had a whole lot of energy. And all of a sudden that clicked with his speed size and technique got however that worked it all came together and now you have a 310 315 pound guy that's a solid run blocking nose uh i he didn't really play a whole lot of nose for alabama in base he'd more move out to end uh but in pass rush ugh, pass rush situations he'd move into the nose, uh, more line up over center and just shoot gaps. And a 315 pound pass rusher is something that very few teams really have. And it's why I can't figure out why he's been so undervalued uh, in this draft process. You think that uh, 36 and Giants have, you know, 36, which is the fourth pick in the second round. Is that too early for Mathis? Uh, oh, that's tough. Uh, that, that's right there at it. Talent-wise and ability-wise, I think he's worth that. Uh, but just the way that other people don't really seem to have noticed him, mm-hmm. you might could wait and get, get a good steal and get a great player at 36 as well. Right. But... But if he if he happens to be there in the third round, you think that that's a tremendous pick. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. I'm curious. You know, the Giants have Saquon Barkley. 
And there's still some talk that they might, that they might trade Barkley. That seems to have, have died down. Although to be honest, I still look at the Barkley situation and think that I would be okay with moving on from Saquon, but uh, whether they do or not, the giants cut Devonte Booker this off season. The only real running back they've added is Matt Brito. Who's sort of a, sort of a, a pass catching specialist, not really anything special. So the Giants are probably in the market for a backup running back. Um, they've, they've had a lot of guys in for visits. And one of those guys is, of course, Brian Robinson of, of, of Alabama. Just, just tell me you know, what you think of Robinson and what you think of, of what kind of NFL player um, he might wind up being. So I spent about four years kind of internally hating on Brian Robinson uh, and <laughs> saying, this guy's not never going to be an Alabama starter. Why hasn't he just transferred already? Uh, I mean, for like four years. Mm-hmm. And then when redshirt senior year comes around and all of a sudden he's a starter, I go into full meltdown mode at the start of the season. Like, this is bad. We're never going to be able to run. <laughs> this is horrible. And, uh, he most, for the most part by about game five or six, he kind of won me over like, all right, this kid's stuck around. Uh, he's, he's local product out of a Tuscaloosa high school and he's stuck with it as a backup for four years, multiple different depth charts. And Hey, now, now you're it dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the interesting thing with Robinson, he's 225 pounds, 230 ish, big guy, also kind of tall. He's like six, two. Um, but three or four years ago, it got published, uh, back when, back before COVID Nick Saban gave us a little bit of information sometimes now there's nothing. Uh, but Robinson actually ran like a four, four, one 40 or something fastest running back on the team. And you're like, wait, what this big guy? Uh, and once he kind of got, we started to see him, you can kind of see it. Like once he gets in a straight line, the dude's got some speed. Uh, so he's got the speed, he's got the size and he's got actually fairly nimble feet. He makes a lot of dudes miss kind of right in the center that five to seven yards down the field, break past the lineman. And then all of a sudden he just kind of tiptoes around a linebacker and you're like, wait, what? Uh, so he, he's got a lot of those things. He doesn't really have a, uh, an explosiveness that you typically want to see out of top running backs. He goes, he kind of slips by people. He'll run through tackles, but th- there's not a, that put your foot in the ground and explode kind of pop off the screen. Like acceleration, I guess the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Right, but if, if the giants are looking for a complimentary back, a guy who can catch some passes, a guy who can carry the ball, you know, eight times a game, guy who can handle some of the pass protection. Is uh, is Robinson a guy that that would kind of fit that that description? I think so, and I think that's kind of what we want to look at is his role in the NFL. Uh, early in his career at Alabama, he'd actually play a little fullback here and there, uh, just just for his size and blocking. And that, that always kind of impressed me. I talked uh, again when I was hating on him early 
I said, maybe he should move to tight end. I was like, hey, he's 6'2", good speed, can break some tackles, good blocker. Uh, but, you know, stuck at running back. So, yeah, I think using him as a a third down, almost a third down kind of back that can catch, can block, and, hey, you can also hand it to him on third down, and they might break his way through the line. So the other position that I think we need to talk about is the linebacker spot. And there's a lot of talk about Leo Chenal of Wisconsin as an inside linebacker. Uh, Chad Muma of, of Wyoming is another guy that gets a lot of, uh, that, that gets a lot of publicity, has a lot of fans. Troy Anderson of Montana state, you know, former, former quarterback, former tight end, um, is a guy who I love. I think he's my favorite in that group. Um, but the guy from Alabama who seems to be, at least in my view, overlooked a little bit or not talked about as much in that group is, is Christian Harris. Um, just your thoughts on, on Harris and, and again, his, his value and where you see him coming off the board in the draft. Harris has had a weird career. Uh, he got forced. So he was actually a college or a high school cornerback that bulked up to like 235 pounds of senior year of high school and moved to linebacker and came into camp for Alabama and won the starting job as a true freshman, which is, uh, that was, you're like, whoa, okay. And it showed that he was a very new convert to linebacker as a true freshman. Like it, it showed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spent the next few years being a lot of flashes of crazy high athleticism and a lot of inconsistencies. Uh, and his, by his final year, uh, he started to put a lot of things together. He's still far, far from a consistent player. Uh, but he's got... He's got an ability to see a run play and just shoot through the line and blow something up. And that, that's kind of his best attributes. And oddly enough, his pass coverage is kind of weird. He misses a lot of stuff. He, hmm. I think he still thinks he's a cornerback and goes for things that he can't reach anymore and just gets roasted rather than making a safe tackle after the catch. Uh, so... Uh, where I see him in this draft, if you're looking for a day one starter, uh, no, don't, I would not do that. If you look at a guy that you think, okay, this guy's got the athletic tools to eventually become a linebacker with pass coverage ability, then okay. Yeah, go for it. But I, I think second round's high. I Honestly, I think third round might still be kind of high. Uh, late third into the fourth round, I think would be a good place for him. That's probably around where I see the Giants maybe thinking about linebacker anyway. So, uh, so Harris could be a name to uh, to keep in mind for the Giants. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if one of those four guys between Harris. Anderson, Muma, and Chanel. I wouldn't be surprised at all if one of those guys lands in New York. All right, Brent, let's – I don't really have anyone else 
specifically that I wanted to ask you about. So just let me ask you, I mean, is there anyone prospect wise, is there anyone that I'm kind of overlooking here? Uh, so you've got, you've really got three other guys that are looking to get drafted and that is linebacker, Chris Allen. Uh, he's probably like a sixth, seventh round pick. Dude's been a great uh, edge run setter kind of guy. Uh, and it has flashed some decent pass rush potential, but he's torn ACLs multiple times uh, missed. Yeah. So it's just kind of never really been able to stay on the field. Uh, cornerback Josh Job is a, a corner that's physical. He, despite he's kind of smaller than Alabama listed him, but he, he's really physical, handsy, uh, and has good sideline coverage, but he's, limited and tried to cover things across the middle and has never really been a comfortable ball skills guy. So he can stay in great cover to the coverage and then just miss. You're like, Oh, great dude. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> the, the interesting one though is Jalen armor Davis. So he is a cornerback outside guy that honestly was just kind of a back burner guy on the depth chart for a bunch of years. Uh, I think he, torn ACL or had had a pretty bad injury his freshman year never played and then we just kind of forgot he existed on the roster up until oh wait he's a starter this year where did that come from and to be honest he had like no bad plays in an entire season of starting you're like oh okay where where is where did this guy come from uh but then he injures his hip I believe right before the SEC championship game. So then he didn't play in the biggest games of the year. So you're like, okay, this guy looked great for a season, but it was just the regular season. How much do we really know about him? And mm -hmm. the answer is not a whole lot. There's just not much on him. He looked great while he was there. He's 6'1", about 200 pounds, ran, I think, a 4.39 at the combine. So he's got crazy good speed. And he's kind of a great uh, press bail corner down the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a guy with size, speed, upside, uh, particularly if you're looking at a cover three type corner, mm -hmm. he might be he might be a good steal, or he might not. I just I don't know. We didn't see enough of him. But he might be a guy worth taking a flyer on, you know, at day three, you know, sixth round, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, fifth, fourth, or fifth, or sixth round, somewhere in there. Some mm -hmm. I could see some team falling in love with that four three nine forty at six one two hundred. Mm -hmm. Somebody will always do. <laughs> um, last thing for you, Brent. Um, the Giants have a new head coach this year, guy that you are at least somewhat familiar with from, uh, you know, from from his time at Alabama. Um, just, uh, your, your thoughts on, uh, on Brian Dable. I could not stand his offense the one year he was at Alabama. Um, uh, and it, it felt at the time he was only there for a year and it felt like he was trying to force Jalen hurts to run a Tom Brady offense. And it hmm. just felt wrong the whole time. Uh, up until the second half of the national championship game where uh, Jalen Hurts got benched for Tua Tonga-Vailoa and it was just like, 
world changing. It's like, oh, Alabama can pass the ball now. Where did this come from? I didn't know this was possible. Uh, and that kind of spawned off four years of crazy explosive passing from Alabama. Uh, so, yeah, at the time, I was not a fan of Brian DeBall. And since he's moved to Buffalo, you're like, okay, well, maybe this guy has something. If he's turned Josh Allen into, you know, from a very, very raw prospect into what he became. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. He wasn't at Alabama long. I didn't like him when he was there. But since then, he's done great. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes really good quarterbacks can make you look really good as a coach. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, Jay, you know, Jalen Hurts is a guy that multiple offensive coordinators had trouble figuring out what to do with exactly because he he does a lot of take the snap, roll to the right, and go from there. Uh, and that just did not fit with a guy that came from New England. Yeah, I guess uh, I I guess that would be a little bit of a little bit of a strange fit. Hey, Brent, as always, uh, we do this like you said, we do this every year. I always appreciate it. Thank you very very much for uh, for your time today. Why don't you just let folks know uh, you know where where they can find your work if they're uh, interested in some good Alabama coverage? Yeah, uh, it's Roll Bama Roll is our SB Nation site. Uh, Twitter is at Roll Bama Roll. It's not that hard to find that. <laughs> um, so yeah, check us out. We'll have a good bit of pre-draft coverage and draft coverage, all of the above. Uh, probably talk bad about somebody somewhere. Get 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 some hate mail. That's what we do. Hey, you know, it's I, I I think it's I think it's what we all do. Anyway, uh, Brent, thank you very very much for the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.